worried that you might be the cool kid You wear the latest fashions on top of all the trends Or have you ever worried you were too much in the mainstream Always so generic, more normal than your friends Well, we've devised a test to put to rest your fears There's no need to panic if you lend us your ears Tonight you can't sleep easy after all that you've heard Cause if you like the show, then you're probably a nerd Welcome to the latest episode of the It's Canon Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things everything, the podcast where we talk about all things comics, all things movies, all things video games, all things toys, all things Lego, all things Muppets, all things wrestling, all things sports, anything and everything, because we are your one-stop shop for everything pop culture. It's just me, Boris. And the reason it's just me is because today's episode is a very special episode. We had the opportunity to chat with Carl Milroy of Rethred Brewing. And uh, yeah, we just had a chat about beers. We had a chat about the process. We had a chat about how difficult it is in Ontario to get your beer in stores. So that's today's episode. Episode. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a fun one. So without further ado, here is the interview. All right, we are joined by the founder of Red Thread Brewing. He is Carl Milroy. Carl, thanks for joining us again. Yeah, yeah, what's up? How you doing, guys? Fantastic, fantastic. Really good day, really busy day. Can't complain too much, but, uh, you know, it's one of those days where I do want to complain, but I might just have a beer instead. <laughs> nothing wrong I'm with that. There. Nothing wrong with that. All right. I'm already so, there. Exactly. There you go. All right, Carl. So you've been on the show before. We were talking Mandalorian. I promised that you would be back, and here you are. So instead of we we can geek out a little later, but I want to geek out about your world, and that being the, the world of beer. You know. And, and, you know, kind of getting to know a little more about the process, the business and the, the art, the, you know, the, pro, the overall from idea to getting it into stores, the full on process. So that's kind of what I want to cover today. So I think let's start with the very basics, Red Thread Brewing. How did it start? Why would you do such a thing to yourself? Because I'm sure it's going to be super <laughs> stressful. So but let's get into the mind of Carl. Yeah, worst decision ever. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, everyone in uh, everyone in our industry kind of jokes it's a uh, it's a labor of love, and it's literally a labor of love. Emphasis yeah. on labor. Yeah, um, yeah. If you don't love it, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's a tough business. It's a uh, it's, it's a slugfest for sure. But uh, but I love it. Right, it, it keeps me uh, entertained. Keeps me drinking. Uh, it's very sociable. Uh, industry so if you like you know getting out and about and, and talking to people and it's also creative right <clears throat> for me it's a uh, a creative outlet so i i really do enjoy that aspect of it you know much like being a 
a chef or if you're, I don't know, a, a designer or something, there's, there's always those creative outlets, but, um, yeah, it started quite a while ago with it, with a partner's an idea, an actual customer of mine who, you know, we saw the, the kind of emergence of the craft beer scene and we were chatting about it and, well, was, you know, there's those offhand comments like, wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, we should do that. And then, you know, we like did that a few times and then I was like, Hey, like, why don't we actually do this? <laughs> Let's do this. So it, it literally came down to that one day. It was just a little bit of a respect and trust between us. And he was a chef and I was a certified sommelier. So we both had pretty good palates and um we just said hey let's 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 do it let's take the plunge so we started planning and you know a couple of years later there it was exactly and that's i think you know i think you hit a couple points that i wanted to kind of talk about you know you brought up that it being like an art um so let's take a step back you are a a trained sommelier tell me about that you know it's a word that's used a lot it's a word that a lot of people have heard it's a fancy person in a restaurant often then that's all they know about a sommelier <laughs> so tell me a little about like how you became a sommelier are you a master sommelier and kind of like what you did before you started red thread brewing Yes, sommelier is sort of like a uh, like a wine geek, essentially. <laughs> right, we're talking about geeking out. So, yeah, I was a geek on wine, and then um, you know, just loved loved wines, loved drinking wines, talking about wines, and uh, collecting wines, all that kind of stuff. Um, I worked in sales, so I sold some wines and spirits and a tiny bit of beer, and um, yeah, I just took uh, several steps to get um, accredited. You know, there's a couple um, places in Canada and certainly around the world uh, where you can do that. Uh, no, I'm not a master sommelier. There's, uh, I forget, I don't know how many in Canada now, but not a ma not many, like probably under under a dozen if I had to yep. guess. Um, yep. Kind of lost track. But yeah, those guys are like uber geeks <laughs> in terms of the wine world. <laughs> Very impressive. Um, yeah, it was a little bit little bit difficult to, to get, but um, you know, it took maybe like a couple of years to get to get through that, you know, I have to go to schooling and, um, you know, apart from the theory, there's, there's obviously the tasting, right? So you have to do blind tasting of wines. Um, but it's just, you know, it's just about, uh, recognizing scents and smells essentially. And, um, yeah, I have sort of applied that to the beer world now. And that's awesome. Like, and that's the other thing part that I kind of wanted to talk about you talked about it being an art kind of being like a chef um, and I think kind of like you know microbrews and craft beers been the hot word and the kind of the 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 hot topic for the past five years in the food and beverage industry so you know at its core can you explain to our listeners what is a craft brewery <laughs> Yeah, essentially anything that's um, sort of like a small business independently owned and then um, makes things um, to a certain sort of quality standard. So we don't use, you know, corn syrup and things like that. All the shortcuts, it's you're making true, true beer, right? Uh, true craft products. And then also, you know, innovating and making several different products. So you're not just making sort of your one Pilsner year after year after year, right? You're you're making imperial stouts and barrel aged stuff and, and rattlers and fruit and all that kind of stuff. So anything that's sort of small, independent, crafty, um, I guess that's what a craft brewery would be. 
Exactly. Because a lot of people, you know, when they think of craft brewery and craft beers and microbrews and, and, you know, all of those terms, they kind of think of like, you know, fruity beers and hoppy beers and this and that. I just want to like hammer out the idea that it's more than just that. It's essentially more the business size, the independently own, the micro in microbrewery. That's really what it's at, where it's at, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yep. And in terms of like, you know, like I just said, you know, the, the, the experimenting of the various flavors and things like that. Um, you know, talk to me about like how you come up with some of your flavors and, and from, from, the, from the idea to actually getting them out into the store. Um, well, a couple of different, different questions there, uh, rolled into one. Um, so getting, getting stuff into the store is a little bit difficult, right? So, you know, there's, um, in our world, there's for retail, there's sort of three channels, right? So there's, if you're on Ontario base, I'm talking sort of from an Ontario perspective here, but if there's the LCBO, the monopoly, right? The liquor control board, um, very hard to get in there. It's almost like winning the lottery in a sense. Um, yeah. So tough to get in. And then, you know, if you can get in, it's uh, also a difficult process, right? They're, they're very, very difficult to deal with. Um, and you don't make much margin there, right? So the, the breweries don't make a lot of money there, which is pretty tough. Um, beer store is a little bit different. Um, and anyone has access to the beer store. So it's uh, pay to play. So you just, you know, um, call them up and tell them you're, you want to come in and you just um, let them know how many stores you want to sign up for and you're good to go. Right. So because they're, they're a private corporation, right, owned by the I don't know if people know this, but the sort of big three, you know, like Sleeman's, Labatt's, Molson's. Um, so you can just get in there if you want. Um, and the third channel uh, recently, actually really almost four now, was, was the emergence of grocery stores, which, again, are pretty tough to get into if you're talking about the big chains like Loblaws and Walmart, who, um, you know, have sort of annual and semi-annual uh, planograms and and decision-making about um, when they add new products. Um, and then now there's sort of the emergence of the the LCOs, they call it, so the convenience stores, which they're just starting to roll out, right? Um, I forget how many there are now, like 40 or so, where uh, a lot of these SOs and convenience stores and gas stations have, uh, have little mini liquor stores in them now. Wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I actually didn't one day either. My, uh, my partner called me up and he's like, the SO right, right by me has beer. <laughs> like what? <laughs> okay. Let's go talk to them. Um, awesome. yeah. So then, you know, obviously we, we did some research on the LCBO website and yeah, they did. It, it was, I don't know if we just got and got swept under the rug cause of COVID, but, um, but that's a big trend, right? Um, you know, they've licensed a bunch of these convenience stores often in gas stations, mostly. And I don't know if you heard, so there's a big uh, sort of controversy in the beer world about, uh, 7-Eleven now, because I guess yes. 7-Eleven wanted to have licenses um, and for whatever reason, they, they couldn't get them. So now they applied to be a licensee, which is essentially a bar. So they got approved. So now there's going to be like 70 7-Eleven locations that can serve you beer like a pint. Like you could go in and have a pint or a bottle of, you know, of beer or wine. So I, I, I don't know what that's going to look like. <laughs> like. It's pretty crazy. But, you know, a lot of people are, are guessing that that's just a back sort of a backdoor way for them to uh, offer beer for takeout and delivery. Cause if they're a licensee, AKA like a restaurant, they were extended licenses to now um, have um, 
uh, beer to go, right? So if you purchase food, like if you're purchasing a club sandwich and fries, you get some beer or a bottle of vodka tacked on at a traditional restaurant. Well, I guess 7 Eleven sort of thinking, hey, come in and get a chimichanga and a six pack, right? <laughs> or a slushy and a whatever, right? So yeah, it's going to be pretty interesting how this how this rolls out. Yeah, and it's crazy because, you know, when you think about it, you know, even just a few years ago, I'm, I'm sure the avenues that you had were very limited to, you know, either you sell it on your own or you go to through the LCBO, which is, like you said, half near impossible or the beer store. Um, so, you know, I kind of just want to explain to our non-Canadian, non-Ontario listeners that, you know, here in Ontario, we're very limited in where we can even buy alcohol. Um, it's not like, uh, you know, you can't just walk to your corner store and pick up a 12 as you're picking up, you know, your whatever it is else that you need. Um, you know, they're, they're, it's very controlled. So, you know, being a distributor like yourself, you kind of have to go through all the motions, fill, file the paperwork and, you know, uh, pray to some deity and, uh, you know, and uh, hope that you can be picked up by them. Uh, but like you said, the the beer store is a little easier, but it's still, you know, it's there's still a process around it. Um, so it's a little more difficult to kind of get your brand out there into stores here in Ontario versus, you know, other places. For sure. I mean, so what do you guys think? You're, you're some, you're great average guys. You like to have a beer or two every now and then. Um, what do you guys think? You know, you've grown up having to go to the, you know, the monopoly, the liquor control store. Now, are you guys down with being able to grab it at the grocery store or when you stop for gas? Um, what, what are your, what's your take? You know, honestly, that answer has changed in the past 12 months. And that's kind of where I wanted to go to next. But we'll we'll go there in a little bit. You know, I'm so used to going to the LCBO or the beer store and picking up my beer from there. Um, you know, and then I would say that when grocery stores were able to start selling, it was a lot more convenient. So I did that when I was doing my grocery shopping. But, you know, because of COVID, my new thing is going straight to the source you know i have yes. a ton of microbrews around me here in downtown and it for me it's just better to go straight to the source oftentimes the prices are better you can always find a good deal and you know you're you're at the end of the day you're helping the business and that to me that's what it's all about i also wanted yeah. to bring up one thing really quick and that is when when i started talking with carl about some of the extracurricular things that we were doing in a sporting space one of his main distribution points was bars and just being actually on the taps in a pub right and i know covid has kind of suspended that but that seemed to me that really struck me carl as the major lifeblood of actually getting the interest to get the push to put your products into the lcbo and and get them more widely distributed yeah, for sure. That's, that's, uh, you know, one avenue or one way you could, you could approach it. You know, some, you know, they used to say brands were built on premise, but I think you can, you could argue brands can be built in retail now. And there's certainly a lot of examples of that. Um, but you know, for us, yeah, we, we love being, being in the, in the on-premise sector. That's the, the bars and restaurants. You know, I'm a bit of a pub hound, so I'd love like nothing better to me than just going out for for a beer somewhere, right? Like I absolutely cherish that experience. I love it. Um, I'll do you know, I'm an excuse for me to to go for a pint. I've I remember I'd go out for a run a jog and I would literally stop at the bar and have a pint. It was like yeah. so sort of counterproductive of me trying to get exercise, but it's like, <laughs> man, I just love it. Yeah. 
Exactly. And that's been hard through COVID, right? Like not only us as a brewery, I mean, we lost 80% of our revenue overnight having all the bars and events closed, but you know, just that's the lifeblood for a lot of people, right? Think about just anyone who just loves to go out and be social and, and have a pint or a bite, right? Yeah, exactly. But I think also in the past 12 months, you know, I feel that a lot of breweries have kind of come out of the woodwork in the sense of you knew that they were around, but now they're part of the community. You know, there's such a core part of any BIA um, that they're a part of. And I find that like now it is such a focus and a focal point because I find that the, the microbrews are the ones who are really getting hit with COVID. Um, so I'm finding that, you know, you're really starting to hear about them. There seems to be a real push, like go to X brewery, pick it up from X brewery. You know, this is the place to go. You know, you want to be here. You want to do this. So can you kind of expand on that a little bit and talk about your experience in terms of, you know, having that, that, that community uh, feeling around your customers and that direct to order uh, experience? Yeah, I think for us, we were, we were always community focused. So we did a lot of work um, within the community and and I'm sure, you know, there's a lot of other breweries that did as well. Um, Like a lot of breweries, we had to pivot during COVID and, and um, find another, you know, way to reach the consumer, right? So we were able to, to pivot and get some direct delivery going. Um, So now we, you know, we deliver across all over Ontario. Um, so people can order our beer, which is great. Um, so that's, you know, really saved us from going bankrupt essentially. Uh, but I think maybe the, the community aspects maybe just been a little bit heightened, I would say. Um, just, you know, I think a lot of the noise has sort of disappeared and everyone's at home on their, on their computers and their phones. And, um, you know, now that we're a little bit more focused on the digital and on Facebook groups and things like that, uh, maybe it's just shining through a little bit more, but I think the community involvement was always there probably for, for the breweries. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and so, you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier in terms of like, uh, getting a beer from concept to actually having it ready for, getting it into stores. Can you talk through that little, uh, that, that creative process? Yeah, sorry. I guess I didn't really uh, get into that. Um, that, that process, <laughs> that process is, uh, for me anyways, I'm sure it's different for every brewery, but for us, it's, it's pretty open-ended. Um, sometimes it comes from an idea for a beer and then you sort of create the beer. And then, um, once you have that beer, um, you sort of create the name and the marketing around it. And sometimes it's a little bit, you know, the other way around, like I've got, uh, in the back of my mind, I've got a, a, a great name for a beer I want to do, but I haven't really figured out which style will go quite with it and, and how the marketing's done yet. Um, and then sometimes it's, um, you know, it's through collaboration, right? So we're doing a collaboration with another brewery later in March, uh, called rhythm and brews. And, you know, it's just a lot of back and forth. Like, what do you like, what do you make? What's in your portfolio now? Let's stay away from what you're already doing a lot of and let's do something else and um you know it's just a little bit of that back and forth right so finding that kind of that common ground and 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 going at it that way but yeah like i say sometimes it's you know following market trends looking at what's selling sometimes it's stylistic right like a lot of breweries like to do big abv beers some love um barrel age stuff for us we like really sort of sessionable sort of lower gravity stuff so um sometimes it comes out of style trends yeah there's there's no real sort of straight answer to that one i guess 
Yeah, I, I can recall. Sorry, I can recall one time meeting with you in a pub and you having a, a bottle of the Red X Ale, which I know you guys distribute in a lot of LCBOs right now. And um, I just remember you were just really excited about the fact that you had brewed this beer, you conceptualized it, and you were forming your plan around it at that point. So it's interesting that you've described both ways of doing it because I know that we've done collaborations in the past. And it's been a lot of fun working with your company on that uh, with my other <laughs> part full-time job from the past. But yeah, I thought your excitement around Red X was really infectious. I recall oh. that night very well. Great. Yeah, I remember that too. That was a, that was a great night and uh, shared connection over a pint, right? Our love of soccer. So hopefully that'll be coming back shortly. I hope so. I, I miss it so much. It's not even funny. It's, it's crazy. Like, you know, it's the simple things. Like you said earlier, you know, going out and going into a bar for a beer. Like, that's probably one of the things I miss the most. Absolutely, yeah. Done a little bit of that this week because we're, we're open here. So it's yep. been nice. Yeah, you're lucky. Not, not here in the city. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's coming. Yeah. Yeah, let's hope so. All right. So and another thing that, um, I, you know, taking a look at uh, other focuses of Red Thread, um, you know, one thing that's been highlighted is the environmental consciousness and sustainability. Uh, so this is something I kind of wanted to ask about. Like, you know, what do you reuse? How do you, you know, is this important for you? Is this kind of like one of your, your key philosophies for your brewery? Um, you know, tell me a little more about that. Yeah, for sure. It's just one of those things where we're um, uh, socially and environmentally conscious companies as much as we can. So, you know, we try and um, use uh, local ingredients whenever we can, um, you know, using Canadian grains is a big thing for me or local hops or, you know, we make our own barbecue sauce with, and we put the beer in it. But, we, you know, we use um all local ingredients there, it's even like a local honey as well. So we don't, you know, buy you know, Billy B honey from, from that comes from China or whatever. Um, that's a big thing. Even just little things like, um, you know, we, we tend to save, um, a lot of our unused packaging you know, we ask customers, licensees and customers to save our, our case trays. So it's a piece of cardboard that, you know, a lot of, a lot of places will go deliver like, Oh yeah, I got a couple case trays for them. Like, you want those back? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Like, so we recycle those, you know, if we send out a package for shipping, you know, you have to buy some sort of stuffing essentially for it. Right. So like, why, why go and create another product and buy that? We have, you know, the backs of stickers or labels, LCBO bags, like all that stuff we crumple up and use as, as, you know, shipping packaging. So, you know, just any, any little ways you can, you can uh, sort of help the environment, um, around you. That's, that's a good thing for us. Like it's, it's not necessarily our driving force, but we do what we can. And the big thing for, for me is, um, is using Canadian companies, right? So I find that, you know, if you want to be a local company and you want, you know, local support, you gotta, you gotta, that's gotta be your MO and you gotta do what you say, right? So uh, since our inception, I've used only um, Canadian companies for our suppliers. So pretty proud of that. So that's just something, yeah, I just understand if, you know, other breweries are saying, hey, support local, support us when they're buying stuff from all over the place in China and getting the cheapest price. So exactly. it just doesn't jive that, that for me. 
that's a huge part for me as well. You know, it's like it, it's kind of understanding not only and being the responsible company, right? And that that's for me what it's mainly about and kind of why I would rather support a company like yours as opposed to other microbrews who kind of just do and like you said, get the cheapest possible things and and you know, that's that. Yeah, for sure. Um, in terms of collaborations and whatnot uh, you talked about some collaborations that you've had with other breweries um but you know if scrolling through your social media you kind of see these um these these packs that you can create like create your own pizza and things like that um do you specifically kind of like um pair a beer well like what if i was going to order one of these what do i get what should i order um what should you order <laughs> everything uh, of course everything. um yeah neat thing we've kind of gotten into is the food the food side of things so we're developing um like a line of soups um so we're collaborating with a um basically an audio recipe company so they're um, curators of uh, different types of food and soups so that's fun uh we love our uh, our barbecue sauce is amazing the Haas sauce um, it has our, of course, you know, all these things have our actual beer in it. So that's fun. And then, um, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of neat, uh, sort of cl- collaborations. And like I say, I try and support other local companies, other artists and companies. There's so many amazing small companies out there that, um, I think just don't get, don't get noticed. So if we can do our part to try and help raise a bit of awareness, then, then everybody wins, I think. Yeah. And interestingly enough, you, you joined in on a local uh, craft beer festival pre-COVID in the before times. And I was really blown away by the scene. You know, that was the first annual for Newmarket. And I was blown away by the scene. And you guys were just, uh, you know, one of the busiest booths there. They were all busy. I think we sold out a beer before the end of the show. And you had gone <laughs> out to get even more. And uh, you guys kind of championed the day because everybody was just thirsty at that point. And yeah, it was, it was really nice to see all the companies coming together and supporting one another and seeing that community and seeing the actual town that you're based in giving back or, or supporting and, and trying to understand and, and becoming active participants with your company. Yeah, for sure. That was a great day. The uh, community craft beer festival. Yeah. The first one, I remember that day because it was so stinking hot and, uh, you know, it was almost the perfect storm. Like, man, people were drinking. (laughs) It was crazy. I remember, yeah, literally having to leave the festival. Like, I don't know, it was like three or four times to like literally, uh, restock and just slam my SUV full of, full of beers. It was crazy. So that was fun. Another, um, Another neat sort of like uh, initiative or collaboration, if I could just pipe in quickly, because it's it's pretty timely with the with the start of March here is uh, the new movement called Wet March, which we're a part of. I don't know if you guys have heard this, but it's almost like the uh, the anti dry Feb or dry Jan. <laughs> so it's kind of a, <laughs> about promoting um, it's about promoting small, you know, craft beer, uh, mead or cider, and trying to you know post about it every day if you can or whatever days you can in March and kind of raise awareness for all these small, you know, breweries and cideries. So you just simply, you know, have a beer, have a cider, take a picture and post it and tag them. You do, you know, hashtag wet March. It's a community of, you know, craft. It's really came out of the community, right? So it's so craft beer enthusiasts and influencers 
um, that have come together to create this movement and just saying, Hey, you know, post about it and share, share what you're drinking and try and do it every day if you can. And if not, that's fine too, but it's, it's a neat program. And I think they've got it where the participating breweries will, um, chip in and, and give to a charity of their choice. Right. So it's kind of driven by the community. So every time they tag, uh, that brewery gives directly to the charity and then the person uh, posting gets an entry into a month end prize. So the more you post, uh, the more entries you get. So it's kind of like a win, win, win. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And I see that you, there is also another event this Friday, March 5th, and that's oyster shucking and beer pairing. Do you want to tell the listeners about that? Oh yeah, for sure. Shucker Patty. I don't know if you guys know Shucker Patty. He's uh to add Shucker Patty on Instagram. He's uh He's the real deal, man. He's probably like the foremost expert in the world on oysters. He's like, um, he's uh, launched um, seafood shops. Um, he's a former restaurateur. Um, he's also, um, he's a Canadian and Torontonian, whoop, whoop, yep. but also the Guinness world record holder for shucking the most oysters in a minute. I forgot what his record is. Uh, you'd have to Google it. It's crazy. Like I can maybe do one in a minute. He's done like, I don't know what it was like 80 or something like that. Something crazy. Um, I think he did over a thousand in an hour or something. And, um, he's also shucked oysters on TV with, uh, with Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart, which is pretty cool. So wow. yeah, he's a great, great guy. And, uh, we're doing a on zoom and oyster and beer pairing and shucking event where you get oyster and beer delivered right to your door, jump on Zoom for a quick one-hour happy hour before dinner, and uh, just learn how to shuck and have some fun, eat some oysters, drink some beer. What, what, what could be better, right? Exactly. Awesome. Like, there's very few things better than alcohol, specifically beer and oysters. Like, it's just something just, it's a match made in heaven, to say the least. Yeah, what do you feel? You, you dig on oysters or what? Uh, I'm more of a muscle kind of guy, but, uh, I wouldn't be opposed to the oysters. I'm, I'm, I'm a big seafood guy, you know, I got roots out East. So, nice. you know, I'd definitely be down for it. I'd give it a shot <laughs> and yeah, if yeah. you pair it with beer, I'm going to be happy. So I'm just looking forward to wet March and maybe nice. having not the blizzard out there that we had today and being able to actually sit out on my porch and take one of my classic pictures of popping a beer on the porch and it'll be a red thread brewery for sure. <laughs> beauty, beauty. All right. So we've talked about the company. We've talked about beer. We've talked about events. We've talked about how you create the beer. All right. Let's assume that I am a new beer drinker, which is almost a, almost laughable at this point, but let's assume yeah. I'm a new beer drinker. Um, and I go in and, and, and I say, Carl, I want to try my first beer. What would you give me? Ooh, make tracks lager for sure. That's our, uh, our flagship lager, uh, great entry way to craft beer. It's got lots of flavor, uh, made with Canadian grains and Ontario hops. So we're super proud of that. Uh, it's delicious, uh, lots of flavor, but still crisp, clean and refreshing and available at the LCBO and a killer price two ninety five for a tall can. Oh, that's oh, nice. really good. That's really good. All right. And then, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, your the flavored beers. What flavored beer would you give to me if I'm like, okay, Carl, I want a flavored beer now. That first one is great. I'm a beer drinker now. I need something with more flavor, something a little like uh, on the sweeter side, a little fruity. 
you might want to try our uh, our liquidate. So that comes in a, in a uh, black 100% UV resistant bottle, which is pretty cool. And uh, to take off of, you know, everyone's had the uh, the after eights, right? The chocolate, chocolate and mint. It's a classic. So we sort of said, what's the what's the beer version of an after eight? And we called it liquidate, right? So it's a chocolate <laughs> mint stout. Uh, it's light, easy drinking, four and a half percent. Often, sometimes you'll get a stout and they'll be really high uh, gravity so this is approachable you can have a couple of them great for dessert uh super refreshing and we've gotten uh, great feedback on that that's awesome i love it um now in terms of kind of like what's coming up for red thread uh what's you know what's what's in the pipeline do you what when, what can you tell listeners and mainly me and phil <laughs> yeah always always lots of stuff like i say keep an eye on our uh, our new soup line coming out where we've uh we're, we're going to be launching a line of soups um with beer in it which is pretty cool that'll be available for delivery to your door which will be pretty fun um everybody likes soups i should think um what else and then yeah sort of on the beer side is um our collaboration with uh, rhythm and brews so that'll be coming up we're going to brew that in a couple weeks um i'll keep the style on the dl but um yeah stay tuned for that I'll probably launch in uh guess in uh, april so once hopefully the weather turns by then it'll be nice oh that's perfect and honestly carl i cannot wait to have a beer with you it's been way too long um but before we go can you tell our listeners how they can find you and where they can find you hundred percent. Yeah. So, um, you can find our flagship logger at, at a bunch of, uh, LCBOs. So you can always jump on lcbo.com and do a search for, you know, make tracks or for red thread or RT brewing. Um, we go by RT brewing for short, um, just an abbreviation that you'll see that on all our social handles. So Twitter, Instagram is at RT brewing. So hit us up there, follow our journey, which is super fun. And uh, of course, you can jump on the website, www.rtbrewing.ca slash shop um, for a quick shortcut. Go right to uh, all our goodies. Um, that's probably yeah, the best way, to, best way to find us. And of course, you know, we can deliver right to your door if anyone's looking for some tasty uh, beer and tasty snacks. Awesome. Carl, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. And, you know, you know, we're going to bother you again. We're going to be talking about uh, beer again. We're going to be geeking out about Star Wars and other things very soon. But I just wanted to thank you for coming on, having this chat. And uh, I'm sure that we will be in touch soon. Uh, 100%. No, I want to thank you guys for the opportunity. It's been great. And I uh, love talking about beer and anything else. And that's that. I hope that you enjoyed the interview. I want to thank Carl once again for joining us on the show. He's Truly a friend of the It's Canon podcast, and I cannot wait to geek out, whether it be about beer, whether it be about Star Wars, or whether it be about something new altogether. Carl, you're welcome on the show anytime, so thank you again. Um, We hope that you enjoyed this episode. We will be bringing you more interviews and more specials once again, but, you know, we love having conversations and having different people with from different walks of life, so hopefully you enjoy that also. If you have any feedback you can send it to us in many different ways you can find us on all of the social medias and you can find us at itcanonpodcast.com pretty simple pretty easy uh you can find us on twitter instagram facebook it's all at it's canon podcast um you can also find us on our website and that's triple w dot it's 
itscanonpodcast.com. You can also email us at show at itscanonpodcast.com. We welcome any and all feedback. It just doesn't have to be good. We welcome criticisms. We want this show to be for you. So please let us know what you think. You can find us on all the podcasting apps. And if there's an app you can't find us on, let us know. But you can for sure find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Music. You can find us or anything, everywhere. Amazon, you can find us everywhere. So reach out, let us know, have us listen, subscribe, drop a review. And I want to thank you for listening to the It's Canon Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things, everything, the podcast where we talk about all things, video games, comic books, toys, and the best part of it all is that it's all in canon. On behalf of Tyler, on behalf of Phil, I'm Boris. Good night. <laughs>